And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Luke 2.7 And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Luke 2.12 And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Luke 2.16 We are continuing our series in the history behind the Christmas carols. We will continue with our church history series in January. These episodes are shorter, but I hope that they help bring Christmas alive for you. Can you guess from today's verses what song we're singing? Travel with me all the way to the Civil War in America. A young man named James R. Murray from Massachusetts was fighting in the war. When the war ended, He moved to Chicago, where he met and married his wife, Isabella. James loved to write music, and especially hymns. He wrote many, many songs. One day, he came across a small song, and he loved the peaceful way the story of Jesus' birth was written. In the post-Civil War era of America, there was little peace. But this song was so sweet, he knew it was very special. He had no idea where the song came from, but he decided to print the song in a songbook, Dainty Songs for Little Lads and Lasses. For some reason, he wrote a story about how the song was written by Martin Luther and was sung to his children. In fact, he named the song Luther's Cradle Song. The song was instantly popular. It was sung in churches, schools, and homes. The song, even today, is still one of the first songs that children learn in church. But the song did have controversy surrounding it. The lyrics, No crying he makes, were seen as false doctrine. There was a doctrine that stated that Jesus did not have a human nature, because if he had a human nature, that would be sin. However, we believe that Jesus was both fully man and fully God. We know that Jesus cried because he cried as an adult in John eleven thirty five. However, most people saw the words, no crying he made, to simply mean that he didn't wake up and continued to sleep through the sounds of the animals. Eventually, the controversy settled down. The song had only two verses until 1892. A man named Charles H. Cabriel was a secretary of the Board of Education. He wanted to use the song in a special program the children were putting on. However, he really wanted a third verse. He asked his friend, Dr. John McFarland, to write a third verse for him. Dr. McFarland was the secretary of the Board of Sunday Schools and lived right next door to Charles. Imagine you're walking into an office at 150 Fifth Avenue in New York in the year 1892. There's a man sitting in a chair reading a paper. You ask him what he's doing. Oh, I'm waiting for Dr. McFarland. He's working on a project for me. Oh, what is he doing? Writing a song. Or a third verse for a song, actually. How long have you been waiting? The man looks at his watch. It's been almost an hour. You're about to tell him he's crazy to just sit here and wait for a song to be written. That takes a long time. 
But just then, the door opens, Dr. McFarlane walks out, and hands the man a piece of paper, and he begins to read. Be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever, and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care, and take us to heaven to live with thee there. I'm very pleased. I will use this. You're a little in shock, and what you don't know is that those simple words will be sung by millions of children. When World War I broke out, there came an anti-German feeling in the Western churches. People didn't want to sing a German song, and the song was reprinted with different music. However, the change didn't take hold and people continued to sing with the original tune. Eventually, the song was printed again with its original sound. During World War II, a man named Richard Hill began to look at the song a little bit closer. He did some research and found out the song was relatively new to Europe and definitely did not originate there. In fact, there was no German version of this song until 1934, just a few years before Richard Hill began to look into the history of the song. Richard began to think that perhaps James had written the song himself. He could not find any accounts of the song before James' book. The song had been called Luther's Cradle Hymn, but since the song had no ties to Luther, the name was changed to simply the Christmas Manger Hymn. But that was kind of long, and eventually the song took on the name Away in a Manger. My daughters are here to help me sing this song for you again, so enjoy. videos, blogs, and podcasts, visit lauraleesiemens.com. I'll see you next week.